Hey, this is Jim. Welcome back to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Today, our guest is a young man who's got a young son at home and wife, and he's used to working 60, 70 hours a week driving a truck full-time and still found a way to launch an online business using the concepts from Proven Amazon course. This guy's going to inspire you because he did what it took and not to steal too much of the thunder from the interview you're about to hear, but he's about to close out his first $700,000 sales year on Amazon just a short time after discovering how to do this. So you're going to love this story. I'm going to get him on the line here in just a second. You're going to meet Mr. Brad Pine. And before I bring him on the line, one last thing. He did tell me he's planning on coming to the Proven Conference. That's the plan along with a whole bunch of other guests you've heard on this show. A lot of people from our free Facebook community. If you're not in that community yet, you should be. Coming up on 55,000 members in there. Jump over to silentgym.com slash podcast. You can see a link to our Facebook community. You can see a link to this episode, any links referenced today, including our conference and the Facebook post that our guest today made. And his name is Brad. He made a great Facebook post just a few weeks ago in our group sharing some of his results. Well, of course, the comments exploded and people were congratulating him. We contacted him and said, hey, do you want to be on the podcast? And he agreed. That's the setup to today's episode. You're going to really like this guy. Some real practical steps and content along with an amazing success story for you. So enjoy this episode of Silent Sales Machine Radio. So hey, Brad, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here, man. Why don't you just tell us your story? Let's start there. Nice to uh, be on your podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I... Uh, a few years ago, well, my whole life, I've always asked people, there's got to be a better way to make money than just working a job. I was driving the truck and just working a lot of hours. And uh, so I started Googling it and I found out that there was a podcast teaching people how to make money on Amazon. So I was like, never heard of this before. I didn't know this was possible. So I, I started listening to podcasts. I signed up for their email list and the guy called me. And you know, at first, you're just like the shock of somebody from a podcast calling you. It's like celebrity status, right? So <laughs> right. I ended up signing up for their course for $1,500. And I mean, really, it was a PDF file that they sent me, a Word document with highlighted words. And it just was this promise of a webinar and support. And really, I got nothing from it. But what it did is it led me on a journey from one thing to another. And I found a guy in my church named Chris. And he um, he was also selling Amazon. And uh, he told me about your podcast. And I you know, I was like, what? So I was actually, I just lost my job and I was washing cars and I had the headphones and just listening from episode one to all the way to the end. You say skip from episode from the beginning to the current episodes. And I was just like, I'm going to get to all of them. I'll be to the current episode in no time. Wow. So, wow. You know, okay. So, this. so your first podcast wasn't us. It was someone else. It kind of led you down a dead end, but then your buddy Chris told you about us. I'm with you. All right, so here you are washing cars between jobs, listening to this podcast. How crazy is that, man? That's yeah, it was crazy. That's so awesome for me to hear that you know we're reaching people who are truly at that point where man, they really need a break. It sounds like that's where you were at, man. Yeah, I was, and you know, I grew up as a, a Christian, and I just I knew that there was a you know you could work hard. My dad taught me hard work, you know, and I've sure. always worked hard. I've always made money for the company I worked in. And I knew that I was making them rich. And I just was like, how can I do this for myself? And I started power washing businesses. I was working, you know, 20 hours a day at times with hardly any sleep. And, you know, I was a go-getter, but I never found anything I loved. And so when I started selling on Amazon and I brought my first private label product into the country and started selling it, sales were difficult at first, you know. I brought in a thousand units. I spent twelve thousand dollars on a credit card because this other course had taught me to do that, you know with no proof. And luckily I sold through everything and I got my money back and it was a good product, but I spent a lot of money in advertising and not a lot of profit. So when I started listening to your podcast, I was like, I need to meet this guy. I need to go to his conference. And that was 2017. And you guys still had the CES conference. And uh, I think it was in Orlando that year. That's right. I just spent $12,000 on this private label product. And I was like, there's no way I can afford to go to Florida right now. Like this is not going to work. So I, you guys reached out and said that you were offering scholarships to the, to the conference. So my brother-in-law and I, we, we applied and got approved to get a full scholarship. 
And so we, we flew down and we just, I mean, we were just eating up everything that we heard, you know, from, from you and Brett and Chris Green during that conference. It was, it was amazing, you know. Where, and then where are you from? I am from Northwest Indiana. I live just a couple hours north of you. Oh, a fellow Hoosier. All right. Yeah, yeah that's what uh, we call, that's what the people from Indiana called Hoosiers around here. We have right. listeners all over the world. That word wouldn't make sense to most of them, I imagine. But exactly. fellow Hoosier, that's super cool. All right, Brad. So you flew down to Florida. That's when you first kind of started to get to know some of the people from this community. And did we chat at that time? I it, We had a lot of people there. You know, I shook your hand and, you know, we said, hey, and... Okay. You know, I, I did the video in the back of the room and was super nervous and didn't know what I was getting into, you know, at that point. But, uh, you know, that, that led me on a journey to, wow, retail arbitrage, online arbitrage, wholesale, private label. Like, I didn't know all the different aspects of selling online. So that first Christmas, my brother-in-law and I, we were both working full-time jobs and we hit the ground hard just hitting stores and trying to find deals. And does this work? Does this product sell, you know, and trying to learn all the software and how to do a shipment. You know how that goes. I mean, my first shipment, uh, I print out my labels and it's a full sheet of paper. And I had to literally cut the, the um, labels out because I didn't have the right papers. And I'm sure a lot of new sellers are there because at the beginning, you don't use the Dymo label. You don't use the right software and you're, you don't know what you're doing. And Yeah. Scissors and clear tape, man. That's your, uh, exactly. <laughs> that's your label. Exactly. So, so, you know, obviously now we've evolved into where things are set up very efficiently. I like things like that. I have a drawer for everything. My tools are in a certain spot. And when we get low, we, re, we reorder. Like when I say we, it's me. <laughs> but, you know, I have a place for everything so that I don't get lost in my office. And, you know, I'm spending 10 minutes looking for my knife. Or, you know, we run out of poly bags, so I can't sit in the unit, you know. So part of my business was like getting everything organized and set up efficiently so that everything can run well. And that's one thing I encourage people is like, treat it like a business. Don't, don't just wing it, you know, try to try to have everything set up where the next time you do it, it's done the same way so that you can, you can maximize your time. Yeah. And those little lessons never change, you know, and as soon as you feel like you've got a great system, now you're growing a team and now your job is managing a team, not ordering poly labels or poly bags. (laughs) Exactly. But I love where the story was going. Uh, 2017, you and your brother-in-law. Florida, like what what stands out to you from that event? Because I talk all the time on this show, Brad, about the power of getting together with other people who are doing the stuff that you're trying to accomplish. What you know, just quantify for us a little bit how you felt when you went to that event and how you felt when you left. Like, in in what other resources or people or um, information has has kind of helped propel you forward? Like, you know, fill in a few gaps for us on that, if you would. Yeah, I tell you, you actually bring up a good point because at that event, I met I met a friend named Brad, and he lives down in southern the southern states. I think it was in, in Alabama by Birmingham, and uh, you know he had been selling for three or four years, and I didn't know a thing about selling, right? So him sharing some of his successes and failures, and then being able to he was just a phone call away, like, what do you think about this product? Buying this product, so, you know, I found it for this price, and here's the keep a graph, and and so building those relationships. Cause you always talk about that relationships. And I really didn't understand like build a relationship with your family members or whatever, you know, but what you're really talking about with relationships is people that are just a little bit in front of you that can help you to speed up your course to catch up or, or a retail manager at a store that gives you a good deal on a price. And then anytime he's got something that, oh, maybe you might be interested in this, he sends you a text. Like, here's a picture of this palette of stuff I have. Are you interested, you know? And those relationships that you build, the salesman at the wholesale account that you have, like, do we always just talk about, I need to order this and that? No, sometimes we talk about a fishing trip or sometimes we talk about our vacation or a kid, you know, and it turns into these relationships where you know the person and in doing so, I'll get a 10% discount or 20% discount just by knowing the person and building that yeah. relationship. Hey, you're top of mind. You're the first one they call. You know, and talking about the biblical model for relationships and how that almost gives us an unfair advantage, those of us who've been exposed to these ideas, regardless of worldview, again, like, you know, Daniel Lappin at our event, regardless of your worldview, the stuff he taught us was very practical and proven and time-tested. But the lesson, one lesson that pops in my head is I hear you say this, Brad, is you know, you're talking about those people who are kind of a little ahead of you, those people who can help you take your business somewhere. And those are vital, important relationships. 
But you know, another one that I've found and have been challenged, and this is a biblical model as well, is people who are kind of behind you. Because at this point, you've got a lot of people now who are looking at you going, wow, okay, you went from truck driver to nice, healthy business. You know a lot more than I do. A handful of those people, not everybody who comes to you and says, hey, can I pick your brain for an hour? You can't possibly sit down with everybody. And that's why we've built out a whole business model. The two or three people that you have, because what I've discovered is those handful of people that are still asking all the same questions we've heard a million times, but you take the time to help them out. And what you discover is they see the world through a unique vantage point that maybe you've never considered. You can end up learning a lot teaching someone who's otherwise seemingly clueless. It's kind of the same way that businesses benefit from bringing in interns. Like it doesn't make sense mathematically, numerically, but you look back and the, the energy, the questions they, they ask, like, why do we do it this way? Like, you know, no one's ever asked why we do it that way. Why do we do it that way, right? So you start getting exposure to those new ideas and that can be every bit as powerful. So I would just encourage guys, especially like you, Brad, where you're building those very strategic relationships that are propelling your business up, take a handful of people along with you for the ride. And I don't know if I've ever talked about that before, but again, that's, I think it's the Paul Barnabas model, you know, where we talk about there's, you're always, you're always mentoring somebody and you're always being mentored by somebody. That's the model. And um, that's the healthiest model that we can use in business as well. But that's cool. So you, you met your buddy in, uh, from Alabama, you, you said you thought it was, and you guys talked on the phone and do you guys consider it like a mastermind or just a couple of guys kind of, you know, chatting and helping each other out? You know, honestly, it was never like planned. It was always just like, you know, spur of the moment. And then we would sit on the phone for an hour and just, how's this going? How's that going? You know, how can I help you type thing? And, you know, it turns into a great relationship and we don't talk as much anymore, but my friend Chris and I, you know, we talk all the time and literally if it wasn't for that constant support, because sometimes, man, you're just down because you've had a failure. Like you accidentally list something under the wrong product and you sell a hundred units and then every one of them has to be replaced or returned and you're just... <laughs> but yeah. what's cool is like we right. did that while we were working full-time at a job. So those small successes and those small failures taught you what to do or what not to do. So yeah, that was in 2017. And you know we just, we just moved on and it was like in 2018... One of my retail finds I had found over the, the the fourth quarter of 2017, you know, I just looked on the back of the package, like you guys talk, and I, I reached out to the wholesaler and I opened up account and sure enough, I started ordering products and they started selling. And one of my other products, I, I reached out to the wholesaler and I was like, hey, can I open up account? Oh, no. And they sent me through this whole like distributor thing. And basically that story, I never did get the product that year, but this this past year, they finally agreed to sell me. So it's like that persistence. Oh, wow. You stayed after him. Tell me more of that story. So you started going after them in 2017 and here we are, 2019. It took you a couple of years. It's actually a really funny story because I was getting it from a retail store for a price that I could, I could double my money on Amazon after all the fees. And, uh, you know, I was working for Dunkin' Donuts delivering all the stores up in Wisconsin. And I would literally route my stores so that during my breaks, I could stop at this retail store and clean off their shelves. And I would go from store <laughs> to store so to awesome. store. And then on the weekends, I would plan. I literally drove right past your house because I drove down through Indianapolis and over to Fort Wayne and hit all these stores. Because I think I sold almost 1,500 units last year. And each store only had you know, 10, 15, 20 units. And they wouldn't ship them to me for a reasonable price. So I had to just get my car and drive. I didn't know what else to do because the wholesaler, the brand would not sell it to me unless I ordered way more than I could order. Well, this past year, they agreed to sell, sell it to me um, by the pallet, you know? And it's just amazing. Like now I spend my time prepping the inventory versus chasing it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So my time has become um, a lot more useful for other things because I'm not chasing that product anymore. That's beautiful. So talk, talk to me about the persistence of going after this one product. Like how many times did they say no? And how did you follow up? And did they just call you out of the blue one day? I'm just curious because I love this. I don't think we're persistent sometimes. We hear no. We're like, well, all right, next case. How'd you handle it? Yeah, I'll tell you, I reached out I reached out with an email to a guy and he, he pushed me over to a wholesale account or a distributor. So I opened up the account and they weren't selling this product in America this year or in the United States of America, at least. So they kind of distributed it to me. So I thought I was at a dead end. Well, then I reached out the next year and the guy had quit. So then it was this whole like line of people I had to talk to to try to get a new sales rep. 
then they, he still wanted to sell it to me. So then I reached back out to the brand and that guy had quit. So then I had to find a new contact at the brand. And finally, I was like, what do I need to get this product? Because I know it sells. And before I started selling, it was ranked over a million in uh, the sales rank because it hadn't been available. And it's so cool when you sell something to somebody and you're making a good profit, but they return with reviews of, I've been looking for this product for years. We love this product and we haven't been able to get it or find it anywhere. And it might be a little bit pricier than what we expected, but we needed it. And we're, we're so happy that you offered it. Do not stop carrying it. You know, those kind of reviews are just like, wow, I'm actually bringing value to other people and I'm serving them. And it makes a lot more sense when you get that feedback from your customer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that, that's the only way to succeed in business is to provide a product of value. Either that or to rip people off and it's a very short-lived business model. Right. Where people expose you. That's what I love about the internet is reputation is out there. You know? Yeah. Uh, reviews is out there. So the only way, to, if you're persisting, if you tell me you've been profitable for two or three years, I'm like, hey, you've been serving a lot of people really well. That's the only way to make a profit over a long period of time. So well done, man. Sounds like you learned some valuable lessons about how business works along the way. Um, that, that great work ethic, of course, which has served you well, but then understanding what it's like to, to have more than one customer, really, if you, <laughs> from past podcast episodes, right? Because when you were driving, you had... Uh, you worked for FedEx and you said Dunkin' Donuts, you know, that was your one customer, the person writing your paycheck. Well, now you have a bunch of customers. I find that very rewarding to have hundreds or thousands or tens of thousands of customers expressing gratitude with little green pieces of paper, right? Mm-hmm. Paying for goods and services. It's a great thing to wake up to every day, huh? It's, oh yeah, it's absolutely amazing. And, you know, you, you say like, oh wow, you've been successful, but still it's like you're pinching yourself because it's like, is this really my Amazon account? Is this really work that I did because I mean, yeah, there's been weeks I worked 65 hours, but I mean, because you were able to help me come home and work from home, well, actually I got a little office now, but that's another story, but I'm able to pick up my son from school. I'm able to drop him off at school in the mornings. I've gone to three or four field trips and I've had his teachers. I saw his teacher the other day at the store and she goes, what do you do for a living? Yeah, you're that dad that's always there. Yeah, what, what are you doing? That's weird. She told me that. She's like, yeah, yeah you're the only dad that has been at every every function, every party, every field mm-hmm. trip. And my mm-hmm. da- my son does uh, some photo shoots for different stores. So it'll take like a whole day to go to a store and do the shoots. And I've taken another 20 days off just to, you know, make sure that he can do that. He's six. So, you know, I have to travel him everywhere. But it's so cool that, I have that flexibility now where before, I mean, I was working 65 hours a week. I was gone 75 hours a week at a job. And you always talk about that season of intense focus. Is that what you say? Yeah. Intense focused effort. effort. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I was working 65, 75 hours a week and driving around on the weekends and in between stops, trying to pick up inventory and scan things and, you know, try to find more inventory. But now... I mean, I was able to go on three vacations this summer, which when I worked for Dunkin' Donuts, I was not allowed to go on vacation in the summer because it's a busy time and there's so many people on vacation and I was too low in seniority. And so now it's like, if I want to go on vacation, my boss is pretty cool. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's just you. this week off, you know? <laughs> That's right. And you can take your business with you, do a little sourcing where you're at, right? Exactly. Check in on the numbers. It's an incredible feeling knowing that your whole business is in your pocket. Yeah. And uh, being able to live that flexible lifestyle, you know, I'm I'm 18 years into that journey now, well, a little over 17, and I can tell you, it doesn't get old, man. That's the good news. <laughs> I mean, literally today, waking up without an alarm clock, and I like to guess what time it is when I wake up because I don't have an alarm clock waking me up, so I like guess. I'm like, hmm, but it's about 7:30. Look at my watch. Oh no, it's about 8:45. Wow, got some good sleep last night. And you hop up and go. You know that's the that's the reality of a flexible lifestyle, and there's nothing that can replace it. And that time spent, I'm 17 years into being that dad who was, you know, I was the only dad at a lot of events where it's all moms and little kids, and then I'm the dad because Andrea had something that day. It just nothing beats being a dad who's there. And our culture tells us it's not possible, but man, it is. And you're doing it. Kudos. You. Your kid, your son is going to reap the benefits in ways you can't even imagine right now. I hope so. Oh, I've just being present, being a dad, being a dad, you know, taking time in the middle of the day to wrestle, goof off, go outside if it's a nice day, 
letting them walk in your office anytime. I'll tell you, this was, uh, I'm not sure where my brain goes here, Brad, but uh, you know, we had that house fire here a couple of years ago. And uh, I don't know if I've shared it on the podcast or not, but the one thing that I really regret having, you know, having lost in that house fire it was a lightning strike, total loss house fire, was my daughter would bring me drawings almost every day and I'd stack them up. I had this treasure chest and we'd stack them in there, you know, and she'd bring me one. And sometimes it would be a very quick conversation. Other times she'd give me all the details. By the time she was a little girl on up. And unfortunately, we lost that. But we have the memory of all those times and she knew I was always here. And so we still talk very fondly about it. In a lot of cases, it was just crayon scribbles on paper. Um, I have her first one, thankfully. <laughs> but man, just being here and being available for when life gets a little crazy and the benefit to your, to your marriage, just where your wife has something crazy come up, it's like, yeah, yeah I got it. Yeah, go do what you got to do. Flexible. Nothing like it, man. So I, and I don't want to beat up dads either. Let me say this, Brad, before you continue on your story, because kudos to the, to the parents, moms and dads. Who, they get up, they do what they got to do. They, gotta, they have to use an alarm clock. They've got to get out there. They've got to keep working 60, 70 hours. All we're saying is, hey, you have options. Maybe it's not for everyone. I don't know. I haven't met the person yet who couldn't do this, but maybe it's not for you. Cool. We're not trying to beat you up or guilt you into anything. We're just saying, hey, there's options out there. 50,000 of us sold half a million dollars or more on Amazon in 2018. Haven't seen the 2019 numbers yet, but I'm guessing it's probably going to be around 80 or 90,000 people sold half a million dollars or more. The opportunity's there. We can teach you how to do this stuff. But all right, Brad, keep it going, man. Two dads reminiscing, man. Let's, uh, let's, keep, this, let's keep the story going. So you know, fill me in some other highlights, some other challenges. Uh, the ball's in your court, man. Yeah, actually the painting thing kind of speaks to my heart because right here I had a whiteboard behind me and my son had drawn with colorful markers all over to made a little painting for me. But take pictures of that stuff, man. Take pictures before take you pictures. erase it. Yeah. <laughs> save them. Save them digitally, right? It'll be a, you'll be amazed how meaningful those things are about 10 years from now. Yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah. So I guess I was just in 2018, my numbers, I don't know if you want to talk numbers, but I um, Yeah, for sure. The first year, you know, I, I started the private label and then I got into retail arbitrage after CES and I did about 30,000 in sales with about 5,000 in um, profit, you know, so it wasn't, wasn't great. Anything really even to write home about, but I proved the concept right to myself because I always was trying other things that failed. So um, 2018 with the uh, wholesale account and a bunch of other work, you know, I did 96,000 sales with a profit of around 23 or so. Um, last year. So that changes your budget, putting a couple extra thousand dollars in the bank a month, that changes your budget, right? It changes it. Yeah. And, and the thing was, <laughs> is, you know, I was making pretty good money at Dunkin' Donuts and I just, I never touched it. You know, I honestly, I started with all credit cards and I had spread, I had spreadsheets of when everything was due, exactly how much the balances were. One, my 0% APRs after 12 or 15 months, they dropped off and everything was like calculated. And I learned that from somebody that was in real estate that had taught me how to do that. That wasn't even my own idea. So that's another thing where like relationships, you learn things from people that are smarter, more successful than you. And then you use those to help you organize yourself. So in um, 2019, I did, well, we're still, we're still in December, but I'm up over 600,000 and my profit, uh, my margin is around 26 to 28%. So it's been a pretty good year and it's still kind of blowing me away, like how much I've grown. Cause I went full time in, February of this year. And before that, I had just been doing it on the side. And so I had to get off nights with my job because I was working at night and I was just exhausted and it wasn't really safe for me anymore. I was just like working too many hours. And I was like, I know I can do this if I just put more time. So I did. And the first month, my sister actually sent me a screenshot or a picture from a, a local retail store. And I went and talked to the guy and I said, Hey, these are $50. These products are $50. You know, I'm looking to buy them and resell them. You know, can I get tax exempt with you guys? He said, Yeah. I say, if I if I if I buy a bunch of them, what you know, can you work on the price at all? He said, Well, how many is a bunch? Like five, six, you know. I said, Well, how many do you have? And he said, Well, I got 600, 800, and it was a good selling product. So what I ended up buying 900 units of two different products that were similar, and. I hired my uncle for like a whole week. I rented a U-Haul truck. We brought 24 pallets to the warehouse I just started renting and started prepping that inventory. It all sold within two months. 
And it's like, I've probably picked up another 10 or 15 pallets from the same guy just because of that relationship. And I was looking at my numbers earlier. I've done um, 160,000 revenue from that one store and about 66,000 of its profit. Wow. It's crazy that one relationship, one store replaced my income. One relationship, one conversation, one product, Mm -hmm. maybe two. And you're making more from that deal than the average American household pulls in in a year. <laughs> that's crazy. Isn't that nuts? I mean, that's the opportunity. And yours, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but you, you still feel probably relatively new to all of this. Do you not? Absolutely. I mean, I, I do. People don't believe me sometimes. I learn literally every day. I mean, if I, I'm going to run out and, and get some stuff. I can't decide if I'm going to make chili or a beef stew for dinner tonight. While I'm at the store today, I'm going to run over my favorite store here, grab the stuff I need, cook it up tonight. I'm, I'm the cook in the family most evenings. And I'm going to walk by probably hundreds of thousands of dollars of opportunity as I'm speeding down the aisle, choosing which beans to grab, right? Just there's so much opportunity. And even a guy who's been doing it and teaching it, an organization arguably as successful or more successful than any other in the world at teaching the opportunity that's here on Amazon and selling online, I still walk past stuff every single time I go anywhere. That's how new all this is. That's how tip of the iceberg all of this is. So I just want to encourage people. It's not like there's this you know, secret group you got to become a part of and then you're going to know all there is to know. Man, you'll never know all there is to know. This whole replan strategy that we're doing, it's blowing my mind. Like right. you can you can set these guys what you've been trained in in any retail aisle in any store, and give them about an hour and a half, two hours, and they're going to walk out with twelve to thirty profitable ideas. Maybe not off the shelf, but off of the concepts and in, in the research style. Uh, just incredible. So yeah, the tip of the iceberg stuff, man. And you you're not far from building a team. You starting to have those thoughts yet? Yeah. So the. I actually, when I delivered with FedEx in a local town, I delivered at this warehouse and I knew that they had some extra office space and they didn't use a whole warehouse. So I talked to the, to the owner and he gave me a great deal. He gave me a whole office that came with a desk. He lets me use his, his internet, everything. Like everything's included. And I could have never asked for anything better. He actually has an extra office downstairs that I'm going to turn into a prep center and hire someone to start doing all my prep. And I'm just going to use the upstairs as my my office for basically reorders and stuff like that. Because right now I've been going up and down the stairs for a lot of my stuff. But um, it's funny because when I first moved in, I said, I said, yeah, I won't need much of the warehouse, maybe a pallet here or there. And that first week was when I found those 24 pallets. <laughs> and and I had him, he has the forklift, so he let me use the forklift. And he came in the next day and he had pallets stacked, double stacked, and on these mezzanine levels, just Everywhere you could see was product. And he comes in like, what is going on? And I said, well, I mean, this thing happened. So I have all this product that I have to prep, but I, I promise I'll have it out here within two months. He's like, as long as it's out of my way, it's no problem. And the funny thing is he actually runs like an um, industrial grease business, like lubrications for you know big machines and stuff. And so we really have to keep our products separated because his is a really dirty messy product. And I'm trying to sell new retail you know, products. So we have to really keep our stuff separated so we don't have any issues. But it's kind of funny how God just led me to this relationship where you know, as time goes on, I'll probably pay more for rent. But he was really trying to help me out from one business owner to another to get started. That's incredible. Yeah. The answer to every challenge we're going to face is a person. You know, in business, yeah. especially true, man, every challenge you're going to find, the answer is a per- person, the solution's a person. And that's, I love stories like that where two businesses are kind of mutually benefiting each other and each, each better able to serve their customers as a result. That's the power of community, man. You're experiencing it firsthand. It's only going to get better from here. I love it. So who, who are you going to hire first? It sounds like you're going to hire some prep folks first is what the plan is right now, right? You know, a couple months ago, um, I hired a couple family members to help me with. I got a whole truckload of um, stuff from one of my wholesalers, and you know it takes work to get everything labeled and shipped and um, inspected. So I did hire a couple of people for that. And really, I mean, I'm a really good shopper. I get that from my mom. Just I can find a deal like nobody. And so you know, I feel like my time is better spent either finding deals or open up new accounts versus um, prepping the product that comes in. Not that I have a problem with it. I mean, I. I'm fine with working hard and it's actually been kind of a switch in my mind because I've 
grown up with a dad that worked so hard with his hands that sitting in front of a computer and you know setting up a shipping plan or talking to a wholesaler just was not work to me. So it's easier for me to go scan products in the store, go look at products in the store versus doing other work that doesn't feel like work to me. So I've had to have a switch. In my, I had to switch my brain a little bit into like, this is more profitable and you can serve more people better and you can have more time for your family if you take this route. So I still go to retail stores and I'm still like just itching to like find products, but sometimes I'll just snap pictures and I'll send them to my virtual assistant and say, hey, can we open an account with this company? You know, And we have like an email template and she'll email them and we'll try to get accounts that way. Yeah. Well, you're, you're going to make the transition. It's a very natural transition that I say it's natural. doesn't mean it's easy. But as you continue to grow, your job is going to be managing people, managing a team. And very quickly, uh, my advice would be you need to start putting into someone else's head the skills that you're using to generate income. Because that's when you can go up that next level and have a team of, of shoppers, a team of people calling wholesalers. And when I say team, I'm not talking about 15 people, I'm like one or two, you know, but as you start out, but you're hiring people who are more than paying for themselves and who have the vision of what you're trying to build. And as those people come along, man, that's such a huge blessing because then you're able to be freed up even another level to start thinking things like, how do we build a moat around this castle? Meaning, how do we get one of these really popular products that are selling like crazy for us from this wholesaler? And let's maybe get our own brand and start testing that a little bit. And once it proves out, let's start growing our own audience. Let's get our own Shopify website, right? So you're staying one step ahead of any of those things that could potentially come along and really challenge your business. Building a moat around the castle is the way I think about it. Um, Those are the activities you want to be involved in. The stuff that got you here isn't what's going to get you there. (laughs) It's a constant growing. That's why I call running a successful business a leadership journey. That's all it is. First, you got to lead yourself. If you can't lead yourself, you're not going to start a business. That's discipline, which obviously you have in spades. Uh, Next, it's leading a few other people and making good leadership decisions. And then next, it's, it's being able to trust leadership to people that you brought in and step up another level. And you keep doing that over time, keep building a moat around the castle kind of mindset. And before long, you look over your shoulder and it's, it's a lot of people doing what they do every day because of the vision that you had and the, and the work that you did. It's a pretty incredible trip. But I, I clearly see you on that journey, especially with the work ethic that you have, man. You're, gonna, you're just going to tear it up, man. I can't wait to keep seeing the new chapters of your story. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. It's funny because I, I, I think back um, when I first quit my job, I was like thinking, how much do I need to just pay the bills and stay afloat so I don't have to go back to a job, right? Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, if I can just make $180 a day in profit, seven days a week, I can make it. And I can even have a little bit of money left over. And I read, I read Grant Cardone's book, The 10 Times Rule. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, my goal went from $180 a day to $1,800 a day. And I was like, that's crazy. There's no way I can do that. And I mean, I've I've had days where I did three times that in profit this year. And it's crazy. Like, it's just crazy that when you expand your goals, and even if you don't always reach them every day, you have something that you're shooting for that just is beyond your dreams. Honestly, I would have never imagined them. I'd be sitting here talking to you, like from coming to your conference for free two years ago to now I'm like, I have somewhat of a successful story at least this year, you know? Yeah. It, it's an incredible story. And, and you, with, you know, neither one of us are able to quite process the level of inspiration that this is providing to, I mean, it could be someone listening to this two years after we've recorded it and they're thinking to themselves, okay, yeah, if those guys can do it, I'm at least as smart sound. I think, you know, I think I sound and feel smarter than those guys sound. So I'm going to take a shot at this, at least do something. Right. I mean, who knows the ripple effect of this positive story that you've built, this incredible story that you've built. So, man, congratulations on that. Hey, this is Jim. Sorry to interrupt this fantastic episode, but I wanted to alert you very quickly before we jump back to the show about today's sponsor. This episode is sponsored by the Legends Group. That is a small group of sellers who gather primarily on Facebook, but also live at a couple events per year and talk about how to source products successfully to sell 
on Amazon. They specialize in retail arbitrage and online arbitrage strategies. If you want to check them out and find out more about them, there's only one link to use. That's provenamazoncourse.com slash legends. Again, provenamazoncourse.com slash legends. Go ahead and check them out. It is a phenomenal group. You can drop out anytime you want, but I think you're going to love the regular trainings, the positive atmosphere. It's like a big family. And if you want to hang out with other people who are doing creative things, sourcing retail and online arbitrage style for Amazon, that is where you want to be. Hey, let's jump back into the show now. So how has it impacted, like, what's your routine now? I know, I'm sure you had an alarm clock and there for a while you were getting, if I heard you right, like four hours of sleep. Yeah. Like, what's your routine now? Yeah, so it kind of changed a little bit from summer to the school year because my son goes to traditional school, so it starts early. But, um, you know, honestly, in the summer, like, I'm a night owl, so I would much rather sleep and then stay up later and work. And some of that's because of my schedules from different jobs. But um, it's crazy because my whole life I've wanted to play volleyball. Like I, I love playing volleyball and it was always like, ah, my work schedule or just, I can't make all the games. And this, this past summer I started playing at the local Y and I started playing like eight hours a week, like crazy. I was just, you know, having fun, but like I would work hard and then I would play volleyball, you know, and I would just do things that I enjoyed and it just kind of like motivated me. And it's, it's like, I don't have to work 70 hours a week anymore. But I also don't want to not work any any hours at all, right? Because you could easily get very lazy and say, I'm making pretty good money right now. I'm just going to take a month off for no reason. And one thing I did when I first went full-time is I met with five other uh, five out of the six guys I wanted to meet with. I met with and sat down with them and said, hey, I know you work from home or you're a farmer or you're a business owner. What's your routine on a day-to-day basis? What good books have you read or what podcasts do you listen to? Or how did you grow? And just talking about like their personal relationships with their kids and when do you turn work off? Because we can be on all the time and it's constantly something grabbing for our attention. So I try to do that at the beginning to get knowledge from other people to kind of schedule my day. So there were days I would sleep in and then work later. But now with the school year, I kind of like drop my son off and come to the office and do a traditional day. I love that you're uh, incorporated in a sport. Because that's very similar to my story. <laughs> with, and I still play a lot of basketball. Tuesday around here is my basketball day. And it has been for years and years and years. There for a while, it was Monday, Wednesday, Friday. But it's beautiful to be able to have that flexibility where I'm home more. I'm a better dad. I'm a better husband. I'm more, you know, more flexible in my ability to be available, to be around. We're earning more money. And I get to incorporate in my favorite sport that I thought I was going to have to give up. You know, yeah. everybody I played ball with in high school, they've stopped playing years and years ago. And here I am. You know, I get to go to a tournament here in a couple months and play in Florida with a bunch of guys my age, you know, because I've kept my game sharp. And just all those little side ripple benefits of doing life with this degree of, you know, the internet lifestyle, if you want to call it that, um, the ripple effects are incredible. I got to run a marathon. I never dreamed I would be able to do something like that because that takes a lot of time and commitment and energy and getting up early and diet and all that. Well, I had the time, energy, and and the money and the flexibility to be able to do that. I wouldn't have otherwise. Come from a long line of otherwise overweight people, diabetes and heart issues in their 30s and early 40s. And here I am healthy as ever, you know, into my 50s. I wouldn't have had time to do that otherwise, you know? So I feel very blessed. And that's, that's the path I see you on too, man. A very similar path where, and you can do life the right way. And there's going to be challenges. You know, it doesn't mean life is all, you know, fun and games all the time. But a lot of the problems that otherwise would have been really tragic have been reduced down to writing a check. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, that stinks. Garbage disposal went out. Write a check. It doesn't set back our budget for the next three weeks. You call a guy and he does it, right? And you've got the flexibility maybe to do it yourself. But I just, I love the path that you're on. Your story really resonates because I see a lot of where I was, where you are, and you've got a great, great time ahead of you for sure. So I love hearing a little bit about your schedule. What were some of those great books? I'm curious. You talked to some guys who mentioned books. Like, what have you read that's been influential on you? 
Wow. Um, can I put me on the spot there? Cause I haven't. Yeah, I did. And I can fill in some gaps on some books too, for my end, if, if I'm putting you on the spot. But. You know, I think the, the best one was uh, the silent sales machine. Oh, okay. <laughs> Brown knows the host. That'll get you Brown bonus points for sure. <laughs> no, but for real, I did. Um, I think the 10 times rule was one of the biggest books I read at the beginning um, that just kind of expanded my, my goals of what I really wanted to accomplish. Cause I was just, it's mostly about real estate, but it, there's a lot of crossover with business, right? I'm trying to think of some other books because I am I am kind of drawing a blank right now. Thinking, but have you read any John Maxwell? I did actually read a few of his books, his leadership books. Because you you recommended a couple and I read them actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've re- I recommend his stuff pretty consistently, and uh, especially you know, you getting into that leadership phase of your business where you're going to be leading other people. And his stuff is just so good on that topic and keeping your mindset in the right place. Very influential. And of course, well, I've got it sitting right here. If you haven't read this one yet, I'm going to show it to the screen. Those of you who are listening, it's Business Secrets from the Bible. He, that's uh, by Daniel Lapp on our keynote speaker from our most recent live event. That was the first Audible book I downloaded, actually. There you go, After man. You, you recommended it. What did you think of that one? It's a good book. And I need to go through and listen to it again because there's so, so many principles that are deep and there's so many layers. And as you evolve, you see things differently and different things yeah. speak to you in different stages of life. I mean, I True. I know there were problems that I had in my business uh, two years ago that would just stress me out and I would be, you know, for a whole day, just pulling on my hair. And now after you deal with those a few times, you know how to deal with it. It becomes, you know, here's what we do when this happens and you can pass it on to your virtual assistant. Like do this. <laughs> if it's not over a certain dollar amount, That's take so care true. of the customer. That's right. right. That's right. Yeah. I, that's so, you know, that is, that's why I love business is such a uh, reflection of how life really is. People who can do business well can do life well. And people who can't do life very well, can't do business very well. I mean, because the rules are the same. And I love that lesson where, you know, these, these mountains we climb when we're early on in business, you know, we look back over our shoulder and they're, you know, they're speed bumps that we could have easily skipped over if we'd have just had our confidence uh, but yeah, the book that book really does mature with you over time. I've gone through it several times now, probably my eighth time going through it. Not because it's Daniel Appen, not because he's so creative and brilliant, but because he has put into plain English these 3,000, 3,500-year-old principles that have served the most economically successful culture in world history. He broke them down into very digestible tidbits that are very easily applied to any stage of maturity in life or business. That's why I love the book. You know, Lappin's a cool guy. I haven't got to spend a whole lot of time with him. We consider each other friends. I'd like to spend more time with him, but it's not him. It's not the cool, catchy title. It's, man, it, and it's not common sense either. So I kind of feel like we're doing a little commercial for that book. But here <laughs> in the past few podcast episodes, if you scroll back in time, you'll see a couple of them were from Daniel Lappin. If you're new to our show, you need to go back and, and check those out as he spoke at our conference. Uh, truly powerful content. Now, if you're ready to apply it, it's going to change your life. So yeah, I love that you've been through that. So you're set up well, man, to, to do some cool stuff. I, but I, I want to reemphasize, I think you know, someone who's listening right now, maybe putting themselves in your shoes, like, who should I hire? What's the first thing I should do? Because you hear, you'll hear me say sometimes, you want to do the stuff that only you can do. That's, that's the journey. Do the stuff that only you can do. But that doesn't tell you who to hire first. First person you hire needs to be someone who's putting money in the bank more money than you're paying them once they're trained. You know, early on, it's, that's not going to be happening, obviously, as you train them. But as you put it, start putting people on your team who are putting money in the bank, doing the work that you used to have to do that you no longer have to do as your time gets freed up, then you can really scale something special. So that's the goal. Have someone who knows how to source the way you do. Have someone that can follow up on this context that, you know, that account that you had to go after and call and follow up with. You know, train someone else. Show them that, tell them that story, teach them that process, have them go through those steps for you and with you so that uh, you're, you're freed up even more and your time will fill up. Your schedule will fill up. You're never going to get to the point. Four hour work week is a lie. Tim Ferriss, you're a cool dude, but that's a lie. <laughs> it doesn't, that's not how the real world works. Even if you think you're only working four hours, your wheels are spinning. If you're a true business owner, you have a t- hard time turning it off and you're always thinking of new ways to grow and expand and grow your team. And even Tim Ferriss has admitted that that book wasn't really ever intended to be something where people actually only work four hours. That's, that's a total myth. It's a path to, uh, to misery, really. You think you can just play all day and, have, and, and enjoy life. That's, that's a lie. Work's the most fulfilling thing you can do with your time outside of 
family, friends, and healthy balance there. But well, hey, what, what else is on your mind, man? Any tips, any strategies, anything you want to share with the, the new listeners, maybe to this show or someone who's maybe trying to, to get the wheels turning in this direction, man? What, what else you got on your mind? Um, I mean, not really a whole lot. I was, as I was pre- preparing for this interview, I was kind of, I was kind of thinking, what am I going to talk about? Because I'm nobody special. I'm just a normal guy that just lives his life and trying to get through life, trying to get ahead and trying to work hard and serve other people. But I didn't, I never called it that before. And I think when you started saying that, it really flipped a switch in my mind that my job is to serve people. So, you know, I love finding those products on Amazon that says that they're not available because you're literally taking a product that people can't find online and you're, you're serving that market. So, I mean, if you see something like that and just because it's ranked a million doesn't mean it's not going to sell. I mean, one, that one product I was telling you about, you know, it was ranked over a million and it, it was still a product. I actually found it with a bunch of dust on it on the top shelf. And it was, you know, long forgotten. And I got on clearance and sure enough, they sold. And so, you know, I, this year I'll probably sell over 2000 units of that. And then a variation, I'll sell another thousand units of a variation of that. So don't overlook something just because maybe it's not available. Test it, test everything. And like you said, go an inch deep and a mile wide. I went a mile deep the first time with my private label because I bought a thousand units without testing. And yeah, I got 18 five-star reviews and people loved it. I'll sell them five a day, but my profits disappeared because I never tested the market. And I spent a lot of money in advertising to get it ranked well. What's cool about that is now once I launch more private label products, I know the process mm-hmm. and I know not to go as deep and I right. know a little bit more how to get things ranked and how it works. So if you want to jump into private label, that's great. Just don't buy so many units. Test it from a wholesaler. Put together a bundle. Try something. I know you guys have a lot of courses teaching people how to do private label the easy way and the bundling course and all kinds of things like that where it's test, test, test. Test small. Right, right. A lot of courses out there, they have you jump off a cliff and then like help, help you market, supposedly market your way out of the hole you've dug. And I've just seen that go wrong so many times. We don't teach that strategy. Yeah, I love you know, test, test small. Something else we teach you just reminded me one of our uh, our wholesale course inside the Proven Amazon course, the wholesale module. We actually spend some time teaching. If you haven't been through yet, Brad, you should probably check it out. How to dig into Amazon and find those products that are expired, no longer available, and how to track down and research and dig. You know, find them on Amazon, then find the wholesale source or the or a similar. And we've even had some success from time to time where maybe there's a newer version of that product, and you can take over that listing. Contact Amazon and go, hey, this product's actually no longer available anywhere in the world. Could I take over this listing, flip a switch, and just go ahead and replace the picture and kind of pick up where it left off because here's the new improved version kind of thing. And we've had some success doing that. So there's some cool, interesting ways to kind of dig deep and, and serve well, as you said, some of these uh, products that have kind of vanished off the scene that still have a lot of people looking for them. I love that. So what's, uh, what's your 2019 end of year goals looking like? You said about 600,000, but we've still got a, you know, the busiest two weeks of the Christmas shopping season are about upon us. So what's, the, what's the goal? Yeah, it's crazy because like I'm the problem is I'm running out of products. You know, you run out of stuff and you can't stay in stock if they sell really well. And so I don't know. I think I'll be around seven hundred thousand for the the year. Maybe I. I mean, I'd like to hit three quarters of a million. That would be kind of a cool goal to hit. But um, whether I hit it or not, I've already surpassed what I wanted to do. So going forward, I'm going to continue to open more more wholesale accounts for uh, next year and try to do that. And I'd love to help my wholesalers with their products on Amazon, whether pictures are bad or the title's terrible or whatever. I like to, some of my value is improving their, their products. And, you know, I've gotten a couple samples already from some retail products I found that sold well. And I'm like, well, this is not, the brand is not driving demand for this product. So I've actually already got a few samples for things I'd like to roll out myself. Yeah. The key word was driving the, the traffic, not the brand, right? So that means you have an opportunity to get your own product in the mix. Is that what right. you're saying? Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Like nobody's ever heard of the, the product, the, the brand that's selling these products, but I can get a very similar product and even improve it. And, you know, with my own brand name. So I'd like to move into that a little bit, a little bit of private label. And like, like we talked about, test with a small amount of units and see how That's it right. works. Mm-hmm. 
And then the other thing is my friend Chris and I were actually have our own website up and we're we're working on doing some different models on that and adding our products to that website to add another stream of income because you know with Amazon it's it's a great there's a lot of customers there's a lot of um things that are positive but it's also their sandbox it's also that's right at any time your metrics could go down because of a customer lying about something or maybe you really did mess up and your account gets dinged and you don't get as much to the buy box and your sales get cut in half so yeah really our goal is 2019 to really be looking to diversify into other channels well said man yeah that's that's the way to do it Something else too, another way to diversify that's probably some pretty low-hanging fruit for you as you're talking to these other wholesale companies and you start ramping up your wholesale business. What you're going to see is from time to time, other sellers will discover, wow, that's a hot product. Anytime a product's hot, other sellers are going to notice. and They're going to go, hey, can I sell this too? If you start to see other sellers kind of piling up on one of your listings, especially if you're the oldest, most established buyer, go to the brand and propose that you help them set up their own Amazon account. Let's shut off all sellers. I'm going to help you set up your own Amazon account. I'll help you manage it. The check is going to go to you. You just pay me a, a cut of that check. Well, the, the benefits are, are many, including now you have more than one Amazon account you're getting paid for, right? So it's almost right. arguable, arguably uh, better to go that route with a handful of them strategically before, before you even have to. And you may make a little less money. You may actually make a little more money depending on how you, how you set it up with, uh, with the source. And now all you're doing is just overlooking account where they're sticking their own labels and shipping them out. And you're handling things like marketing, customer complaints, any correspondence from Amazon that's confusing. You're the guy getting illegitimate sellers off the listing if there's any way to do that, because that's going to happen from time to time. But you can kind of be the rep. And that's another course inside Proven Amazon course too, Brad. You may be aware of it but for the listener's sake. The uh, PPP, Proven Product Partnering Module, teaches that inside the Proven Amazon course. Yet another diversification strategy for you that's yeah. some low-hanging fruit for you, man. I think you'll have some fun with that one. I like that strategy. Yeah, that's some good Sounds stuff. Good. Yeah, it's very low-hanging fruit too. And it's one of those cool ways where you think you've hit a dead end. It's like, oh no, there's 20 sellers on my product. I used to be the only one. Well, this is the way out of that. You can become the only one again. Give it back yeah. to the manufacturer. Give it back to the guy who's making it. Take a piece. Cut out all the other sellers. Beautiful. Well, hey, man, this has been a lot of fun. Unless there's anything else on your mind, I think I'm going to go ahead and start to land this episode, man. But uh, anything else popped your head you want to say to the listeners before I start to shut this one down? No, sir. It's been nice talking to you, though. It's great hanging out with you as well, Brad. I love your story. Can't wait to hear an update. Hey, you're going to come to, uh, to Florida 2020, July 2020, the Proven Conference? I feel like I have to. You do. You're, you are actually legally obligated now. You didn't read the fine print <laughs> in our contract. No, it'd be great to have you there. Meet your little kiddo and your wife, man. It's going to be beautiful on the beach, July 2020. That's theprovenconference.com. Come meet Brad. Come meet a lot of the other cool guests we've had on this show. Listeners, hey, we appreciate you hanging out with Brad and I today. I hope you had as much fun as we did. And uh, I hope, I'm sure if you're paying attention and taking notes, you picked up on some really good tips today. Share this episode with a friend, someone maybe who's working way harder than they should be to try to make things happen. Uh, maybe this episode will give them a little hope, some, few, some options. And especially right now, as we uh, come into the Christmas season, as we're recording this, God bless you and yours. And Merry Christmas to all you guys and to you and yours, Brad, as well. Thank you, buddy. We'll have another great episode of Silent Sales Machine Radio for you real soon. Can't wait to talk to you then. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit SilentJim.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.